As you take your Bibles, I want you to open it to 3 John. We are continuing in our series, One Hit Wonders, where we as a church look at the books of the Bible that only have one chapter. Uh, the reason for them being so short does not is not because they are not important or helpful to our faith. They are just short in length. And even though they are short in length, God has truth for us from them. We don't want to miss that truth, and we don't want to miss what that truth means for our lives. So as we look at 3 John, our sermon title for this week uh, is from a different place, if I'm being completely honest with you. For the most of this series, I've chosen a title that really does align with the song. This week, as we look at 3 John, we're looking at the idea of imitation. And what that brings to mind for me is something that took place in 1990. There was a musician named Rob Van Winkle. You probably don't know Rob or his great-great-grandfather Rip, but Rob Van Winkle wrote a song that was based solely in imitation, though he would not give credit for years. You don't know Rob as Rob. You know him as Vanilla Ice, more than likely. Vanilla Ice wrote the song Ice Ice Baby, and it was released on July the 2nd of 1990. Upon its release, it grew to be a billboard sensation, one of the most popular songs in the history of our country, which is a sad state of affairs. And as time passed, the realization was made that uh, Rob or Vanilla Ice had taken a small cue from a, another song. However, that was not simply a small cue, it was a massive cue because he had stolen a piece of the song Under Pressure by David Bowie and Queen. And when he was questioned about this, it was a matter of him answering and saying to the person, Oh no, what I did was different. He would even go as far to say, you can hear the difference. Listen, and he would sing the song on various, in various interviews, pointing out that his song goes like this. Ding, 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 ding. Whereas David Bowie's song sounds like this. Ding, 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 ding. Which, if you have noticed, though I'm not a rapper or a musician, those sound exactly the same. Now, we're talking about imitation today, and we see that in 3 John. And the reason that we're talking about imitation is the central verse of the entire passage comes in 3 John, verse 11, where John says to the church of Ephesus and to his friend Gaius, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God, and the one who does evil has not seen God. And as we consider that today, I want us to ask ourselves what a pastor friend encouraged his congregation to ask itself. Are we taking trouble for the gospel, accepting the problems that come with following after Jesus and the situations that come with that, or are we making trouble for the gospel? One more question for us to consider as we, we look at this passage. Are we as a people taking trouble for the gospel, taking the needs and the concerns of other believers upon ourselves, or are we making trouble for the gospel? So let's look at 3 John as a whole, beginning in verse 1 of this very short, very important letter. The, the elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and are in good health, just as your whole life is going well. 
For I was very glad when fellow believers came and testified to your fidelity to the truth, how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this to hear that my children are walking in truth. Dear friend, you are acting faithfully in whatever you do for the brothers and sisters, especially when they are strangers. They have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in the manner worthy of God, since they set out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the pagans. Therefore, we ought to support such people so that we can be co-workers with the truth. I write something to the church, but Diatrophus, who loves to have first place among them, does not receive our authority. This is why, if I come, I will remind him of the works he is doing, slandering us with malicious words. And he is not satisfied with that. He not only refuses to welcome fellow believers, but he even stops those who want to do so and expels them from the church. Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. Everyone speaks well of Demetrius. Even the truth itself. And we also speak well of him. And you know that our testimony is true. I have many things to write you, but I don't want to write to you with pen and ink. I hope to see you again soon. I hope to see you soon. And we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends send you greetings. Greet the friends by name. As we look at this text, we see really a... A setup of who we should imitate and who we should not imitate. So if we are going to follow Jesus as the church, Grace Bible in this community, there are certain people in the pastor that we want to look at and we want to imitate. We, let's just give you a quick list of who those people are. And as we make, as I make this list, you'll see them from the text. We would definitely want to be people who imitated Gaius. Why? Because Gaius, when we look at his life, his belief fueled his behavior. You notice that he gains his understanding as to what he should believe in verses 2 through 4. As we look at the idea of him walking in truth. He's spending time with the Lord, what God has said to him from his word. And as he interacts with the Lord's word, we see that he does not simply believe what's there. But that belief fuels his behavior. It shapes the way that he treats others. It shapes the way that he cares for his community. It shapes the way that he loves the church. It shapes the way that he receives strangers. Gaius is an important person in this church at Ephesus because he is showing the church the way that they are supposed to behave because of what they believe. We as followers of Jesus do not just have something that we believe. We have a belief that gives direction as to how we should behave. We don't only imitate Gaius in this passage. We can look and we can see the, the person of Demetrius in the text. What would we see about Demetrius in the passage from what John has said to us that is important in regard to what we believe and how we behave? We see his consistency in the passage. That he is a consistent follower of Jesus. You, you see that pointed out by John when you look at verse 12. Everyone speaks well of Demetrius. What an important thing for us in our community to consider. Are we people who when you see the way that we live and the way that we treat brothers and sisters in the church, 
brothers and sisters in Christ who are beyond this local church that meets at 1027 Dixie Drive, but not only people who believe like us, that we are people who are spoken well of even beyond us. What does it mean for us as followers of Jesus that though there are people who would look at us and say, I do not have any understanding as to why they believe what they believe. It seems as if they, they care for people. We as followers of Jesus should be consistently spoken well of. We look at the text, we see this. We have the brothers and sisters spoken of in the passage. John writes of them in verses 5 through 8. And we should be people who are imitating the brothers and sisters. Look at verse 5. Dear friends, you are acting faithfully in whatever you do for the brothers and sisters, especially when they are strangers. Now here's how the church would work at that point. We mentioned last week that there were some guys who would show up at the church, this house church, and John was saying we should protect this house. Don't let these false teachers come among us. But here we see there are some good teachers who are coming. Some people who they align with in regard to belief. Some people who would proclaim that Jesus is Lord. You've got this one guy in the church who's a problem. And John looks at the problem and says, yo, I'll solve it. I want you to deal with him. Get rid of him. Push. Let's discipline him. And I want us to do that because he is pushing the brothers and sisters out. Here's what he says in verse 5. Dear friends, you're acting faithfully in whatever you do for the brothers and sisters, especially when they are strangers. They've testified to your love before the church. You do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, since they set out for the sake of the name. What does it mean for me and for you as people who claim that Jesus is Lord, as people who confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God has raised Him from the dead, that we are stepping out for the sake of the name. That when I do whatever I do in this community and beyond this community, I do not just represent me, I represent God as someone who claims to follow after God, that I would consider my words, that I would measure those words, that I would be patient because God has been patient with me, that I would fight against my natural desire to grumble and complain because God is patient with me and He never grumbles and complains with me. God does not roll His eyes at me. God has a deep desire to, to, for my good and for me to be more like Him. What does it mean for us as Grace Bible to continually keep in front of us that we are representing Jesus in all that we do and in the ways that we happen to do it? Think through in your own life what it means that you represent Jesus. What it means that people will see that you are claiming this name. And let's make sure that that name is magnified. They're setting out for the sake of the name. Finally, in the passage, we see there's another person that we should imitate. We should definitely imitate John. Why? Because John loves the church. He leads the church. He cares for the church. And when we see his relationship with um, diatrophies in this passage, we see these hoping to point out what's wrong there, to give direction and correction. We as followers of Jesus should be seeking to help one another, 
to know Jesus better, to love Jesus more. And and having relationships where we have the opportunity to speak into these terrible situations. This passage is talking to us about what it means to imitate. But the one person we can look at in the passage who John says the most about is Gaius. What are some other things that we see Gaius doing practically for the sake of the church? Let's look at those. He opened his home. But not only his home, he opened his stuff to these brothers and sisters. I'm going to read through 5 through 8 one more time for us. Dear friends, you're acting faithfully in whatever you do for the brothers and sisters, especially when they are strangers. You've got these randos showing up at your house, but they claim to believe what you believe. So Gaius is saying, I'm going to love them, care for them, because we're in this together. They've testified to your love before the church. You would do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Meaning that as they continue their mission to go beyond the church at Ephesus, that you are supporting and caring for them. Because their mission is your mission. It is not as if Grace Bible has one mission, and Brazos Point has another mission, and First Baptist of Lake Jackson has a different mission, and all of these like-minded churches who believe in Jesus as Lord have their own variety of missions. All of us have the same mission. And that is the point to the person of Jesus. And John is saying here, you stand alongside of them. The brothers spoke well of him because he opened his life to them. Whenever we as a church are talking about the the name of Jesus and representing the name of Jesus, we see that we don't just have an inward focus, we have an outward focus. That there's something that goes on beyond us. We as a church represent Jesus. We care for Jesus. We display Jesus. And we don't just do that with our building by opening the doors of this home, this home in, in a sense. We use our resources to make much of Jesus beyond here. In a way, we open up our resources. So this has been a unique season. Lots of pastors have struggled. So thankful for the way that you have support, supported Grace Bible during this time. But there are lots of churches that are looking at their budgets and they're looking at their mission partnerships, like-minded brothers and sisters who may be physical strangers, but who align with the mission of God, who align with the mission of God to, to display the name of Jesus. And they've had to make cuts in their resources because sometimes we miss that the missionaries that we partner with the ministries that we partner with, those are not just programs. They're, they're programs that represent people in a sense. In a few moments, Jared and I are going to sit down and we're going to have a conversation where we share as to what's been taking place in the lives of some of our primary ministry partners because we want to do as Gaius does in this passage. We want to care for those who, though they may be strangers... They stand alongside of us in making the name of Jesus famous beyond this place, declaring who Jesus is in the way that they treat those in need and in difficult situations. We want to imitate Gaius by imitating Jesus. We want to care for the world that God has placed us in, opening our lives to people who are like-minded in faith, who are seeking to set out with the name of Jesus
Now, this passage tells us who we should imitate, but it also tells us who we should not imitate. And the person that we are not supposed to imitate is Diatrophes. Don't imitate Diatrophes. But here's what Diatrophes was doing, and you'll notice it in the passage. When you look at verses 9 and 10, I I wrote something to the church, but Diatrophes, who loves to have his first place among them, John, not mincing words, does not receive our authority. This is why, if I come, I will remind him of the works he's doing, slandering us with malicious words. And he's not even satisfied with that. He not only refuses to welcome fellow believers, but he even stops those who want to do so and expels them from the church. You have a problem person in the church. There are lots of people who love to talk about the early church, and we have this idealistic view of it. And there are even times when people have conversations about the early church where they say, I just want us to to be like the New Testament church. Every New Testament Testament church had its bonkers moments. And right here in 3 John, what I love is we're getting a snapshot of what's taking place. Maybe you would consider that there is a possibility that this is a snapshot of your life. Are are you in moments right now where you're stirring trouble, causing problems, causing frustrations in a body but also beyond the body? Are you causing complications for the mission and message of Jesus by the way that you're choosing to interact or to grumble and complain about situations and circumstances? We have this character in this passage, who is causing problems for the church. Don't be the person who is is causing those problems. It it reminds me of uh, Blockbuster Video, if you're old enough to remember that. Most of you aren't. You would pick up a VHS cassette, and it would tell you to be kind and rewind. Uh, And what that means, in effect, is if you were unkind, you did not rewind. But even as I thought about that, I thought about some other places in my own life where I've noticed there are problem situations. I I go to the college trail and walk from time to time. uh, And if you are unfamiliar, it's a three-mile little track and you walk or run or shuffle or scuffle or, you, you know, pant, breathe hard as you go. But every day, I, or when I go, I always go a different direction because I get bored. And that means you're going to cross paths with people. Well, in a world of social distancing, when you cross paths with people, that means that someone has to get out of the way. And there are some really great people who will get out of the way. And then there are some other people who I hope are great, but they just don't always think to get out of the way. Don't do that. Other things. Don't be the person who leaves the car in the middle of the parking lot. You know who those people are. At the grocery store. Don't short tip waiters. All of these things that we should not do. John is just pointing out to to the church, to Gaius, don't do what Diatrophes is doing. Don't imitate that. Church family, we have such an opportunity in the midst of chaos to to lean into our relationship with Jesus and imitate Him. That means that we make our needs uh, less important. We see the things that we want and we measure them by what God's Word says to us. And my hope and my prayer for us as a church is that we will do that consistently, wholly, And we will consider that we are the people of God. 
And because we are the people of God, we would live lives for the glory of God. Living to say and show that we believe that Jesus is a really big deal. You finally, in the passage, you notice that he gives a farewell where he says what he said last week, which is what I'll say. I got a lot more to say. Have you noticed that the sermons that we've spent time watching together online, they're a little shorter because there are weeks where I've just got, you know, I've got more I could say, but I'm not with you. And I missed being with you. I, I love being with you. Jared loves being with you. It's much harder to sing to no one than it is to preach to no one, I'm, I'm, a guess, I'm guessing. I've got more to say, John says, but I don't want to write to you with pen and link. And ink, I, I hope to see you soon. And we're going to talk face to face. Grace Bible, we are on the edge of getting together face to face. And you'll hear more about that soon. We love you guys. Thankful for you.